I'm Becky Hennessy. This is The Path of Imperfection, episode 35, Glorifying God Through Self-Love. You guys, this episode is going to blow your mind, not on account of me at all. It absolutely has everything to do with the fact that I interview one of my dear friends, Kurt Frankum, and we talk about self-love and this idea of how to go about doing that, what that's all about. This episode is longer than any other episode I've done, I believe, because it's about 45 minutes. So either hang tight and listen to it when you've got some time or listen to it, pause it, listen to it, pause it. It is absolutely worth the listen to. You're going to want a notebook. You're going to want to listen close. The ideas and the principles that Kurt talks about are absolutely awesome. Welcome, Traveler. The Path of Imperfection is all about talking through the stuff and uncovering the what's and how's so that we can embrace ourselves and each other as human, one imperfect step at a time. This is a podcast for anybody with the courage to try. Hello, hello. This is my very first interview and it's on with my me. podcast is with you. Wow. I'm You're so honored. I know. So this is going to be either a train wreck or historic. Yeah. Or maybe something in between. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <Hopefully>. <laughs> yeah. I am here with Kurt Frankum. That's me. Kurt Frankum and I first met in kindergarten in Miss Denny's class. We go way back. Way, way back. I put glue in your eye. I have this yeah. memory. Yeah. Yes. That's that why you have a glass eye. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Well, both of my eyes. No. Um, So Kurt and I met in kindergarten and he has just continued to put up with me for the rest of like, I mean, it's been decades. Yeah. Kurt actually is one of the biggest reasons why I have a podcast because he was very encouraging in that and helped me learn how to do all of that and all that kind of stuff. And so Kurt and I talk quite a bit. And there was something that kept coming up for me that like, I just wanted to kind of put by him. Kurt has his own podcast, Leading Saints. Yep, that's it. And does amazing things with Leading Saints and interviewed me on that podcast. And you'll be interviewed again. It's happening. It's awesome. I'm so (laughs) excited. Um, No, I'm a little bit more comfortable with podcasts than I was when I was first. That was a little bit more. You didn't listen to that one for... A year. uh, At least a year, A solid year, yeah. (laughs) Until like you gave me that for homework, you're like, just listen to it. (laughs) And now you listen to your voice every week. I mean... prepare this podcast. That's what you got to do to edit stuff, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So as I was thinking about interviewing and who I'd want to interview or whatever, your name came up. So you want to talk a little bit about leading LDS or or leading saints? It used to be leading LDS. I said it, can you even handle it? Leading Saints, you want to talk a little bit about that, explain that a little bit so people can know what that Mm -hmm. is? So Leading Saints, uh, we are a nonprofit organization that is focused on helping lay leaders in the uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We're all still working on it. That's right. (laughs) Help those lay leaders be better prepared to lead. So we have a podcast, online articles, uh, trainings and summits, and we create content around uh, helping those leaders be better prepared to lead. And it's been working out pretty well. Yeah. Amazing stuff. Like I know that as I've listened in my different leadership capacities, but also in like my relationship capacities and my parenting capacities, it's been absolutely awesome. Uh, The folks that are interviewed on there are incredible. And as I've gone to conferences or I've gone to different places that you've spoken stuff, it's been awesome. Yeah. It's been cool to 
to be the one uh, behind the mic and doing those interviews and I learned the most. So it's, it's great. <laughs> That's cool. Kurt for me is just a wealth of knowledge. Oh, I've go come on. to find. Go on. <laughs> and I have had some of the same things come up for me over and over and over and over again. And so I can't remember when it was, maybe a few weeks ba- or a few months back, we were talking about this idea of self-love because as you listeners know, I am a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I was born and raised in that religion, still practice that religion. It's funny how you say like practice religion. It's kind of like practice. Like, do you want you a doctor who's right. practicing? I don't know. Right. <laughs> I don't know what I want. Anyway, so, and I like have a private practice. I'm like, I just practice on people and their feelings and stuff. It's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and I get paid for it. It's great. As I have tried to figure out the idea of self-love. I come up against the same walls over and over and over and over. So as we were having this conversation, I, I think he was actually telling me about a family home evening that you were doing, right? Yeah. yeah. So uh, there, yeah, it was sort of uh, serendipity that, w- that we were talking about this because as we do in our family, every first Sunday of the month, we all go to my mom's house, uh, my parents' house. E- each month, one of, the, one of my siblings' families takes a turn teaching Oh, FHE cool. for yeah. that week. So we this is uh, this is my turn uh, when when we were talking that I was preparing this lesson. I, FHE is family home meeting for those of right. you who don't know. Yeah. So I was preparing this lesson of what I would say to not only my family but to my nieces and nephews oh, and cool. my siblings and all that. Yeah. And so I thought, you know, I just had a, a nephew come home from a mission. I just had a niece that graduated high school. I had another nephew who was in high school. And I just thought, you know, what would I if I could go back in time and talk to myself at that. In that mm. stage of life, what would I tell them? What what yeah. message would I have for myself in that point of view? And it sort of went to this, um, some of these principles that I've picked up over the years. And so that's how it came to be. But mm. it, it even goes back further with uh, when I was a young boy, I, and you may remember this since you've, I, it feels like we've, <laughs> we've known each other forever, like literally forever before this life, Becky. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> and scary. Yeah. You're the reason I can never run for president. There's videotapes like, I have a Becky and that. That, that would surface. <laughs> That's awesome. Anyways, so as a young boy, I was like determined and destined, I thought, to be a Disney animator and uh, loved art. I would draw all the time and I wanted to, I, you know, I'd go to these Disney movies and I thought, this is my calling in life. This is what mm. I want to do. And I remember as a young child, making that innocent prayer to my father in heaven saying, I will do anything. I will be the most righteous boy. <laughs> I will, I'll go on a mission. I'll keep all the commandments. I'll do whatever it takes. Just make me a Disney animator. Mm. And uh, I felt like, man, this is really going to happen. I'm going to put the work in. I'm going to make it happen. Ask and you shall receive. Right. And so I, I drew like crazy. I practiced. I took, uh, you know, all the art classes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in high school, there was sort of this uh, this pivot point that I didn't realize happened until later, which you were actually involved in this. There was, I was at the, my junior year, I went to the uh, school musical and I was mm-hmm. sitting there in the audience and I looked on the stage and I thought, man, those everybody seems like they're having a lot of fun up there. That's cool. You know? It is and I had no background in like drama or, you know, acting or singing or anything like that. And so I thought, well, you know, I'm I'm gonna be part of that. Maybe I'll be a tree in the background, whatever it is, I wanna be part of that. So I tried out for the musical that next year mm-hmm. and uh, you were working that musical as well. You were yeah. Part of the you're like co-director or something. something uh, you've yeah. won all sorts of Tonys. <laughs> and, something, yeah. Anyway, um, anyways, you were involved in that, and so I auditioned, and I was absolutely shocked when I was uh, I was picked to be one of the lead roles in that musical. Mm. Yeah, and it really got me out of my because there were zone. no trees in that musical. There, no trees right. were available. 
there are no trees. <laughs> so they had to give me that. Anyway, so there I am, like expect to memorize uh, all these lines, learn a few accents, and uh, and perform and act on stage and, and sing. Yeah. I have solos on stage when this was totally outside my comfort zone. But it was really just a pivot point to me because I discovered something in me of capacity in me that I didn't know existed as far as this this performance ability, this ability to uh, stand in front of a microphone and speak. And not that I was like, you know, back then I thought I was the bee's knees up there on the stage like, man, I, you know. <laughs> Neville? Was that the me? Neville Landless. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was yeah. the mystery of Edwin Drood, yeah. which nobody's heard about unless you have a PhD in drama right. or, or, or a stage production or whatever. Um, or unless you're at the Granger High in the period the of time that we did. <laughs> yeah. And so anyways, I understand there was just this, I felt like I had a knack for it. Like I felt okay. like, man, this is, this is cool. So like it felt natural. Yeah. It felt natural. And I felt like, wow, this is a lot of fun. And there's some energy I gained from that. Obviously did the musical is fine. Did another play. It was great. Then uh, graduated high school, uh, went on my mission still with this dream of being a Disney animator and came back from my mission was going to UVSC, which is now UVU, Utah Valley university in the art program. And it suddenly occurred to me, like, I don't think I'm that good. And wow, wow. this is not, he really is good. Yeah, sure. But just not, I mean, there was a lot of competition. I just saw that I don't, I'm neither going to have to put in a lot of work and I wasn't yeah. feeling the energy from it. Right. Sure. So, um, like and, you weren't feeling the passion from it. Is that what you mean by yeah, the yeah. energy from yeah, it? Yeah. Like yeah. it wasn't, okay. you know, that's what you, when we do our, something that we're passionate about, it like fuels our energy. It just right? You can just yeah. keep going. Right. And so I, I switched to a marketing major, went to the University of Utah, graduated, and then I got this job where I, uh, at Young Living, many people I'm sure are familiar that Young Living Essential Oils, where I traveled North America doing mm. presentations oh, cool. for, you know, their distributors, 90 minute high energy presentations. And again, there was like, I had something there. And so it was almost mm. like God heard my prayer as a young boy, wanted mm. to be a Disney animator, fueled that drive and, and that determination to become something and have influence. And then shifted me a little bit with the, just like a tweak it. of a uh, of a high school musical experience that then set me off in this direction. And then he put other opportunities for me to speak. Now from there, it's gone from speaking for this company. For now, I, I produce a podcast that gets, gets tens of thousands of listens every month. People hear me all over the world. It's almost as if God had intended me to be here and had That's sort awesome. of just directed me down the path, right? The point being is that God constantly urged me towards areas that was outside my comfort zone that allowed me to grow and develop and discover these talents I had in me, right? I love how you have this like kid like, hey, this is what I'm looking to be. This is what I'm looking for. Yeah. And then God's like, that's adorable. Right. This is the awesome thing that I have planned for you. Yeah. yeah and and I cool. think a lot of people hear that and they've been in that where like they thought, you know, in high school, I really thought I was going to do this. And now in hindsight, they sort of look at that like, oh, I was just sort of, I was just sort of being a high school kid. But in mm -hmm. my mind, I really felt like God recognized that, encouraged me in that because mm -hmm. he knew that I was developing the desire to create influence and be more than I, than I was. Right. Yeah. And, and so he let that roll. And so a lot of us can look back on those and just sort of like brush them off as like childhood dreams. But I think yeah. there's a purpose in that and, and something that, you know, if, if my child comes to me and say, I want to be the first man to walk on Mars, I'm like, okay. Or well, woman. Pff, to first walk woman, Mars. my daughter, right? <laughs> and I, I may say like, okay, that's cute. Yeah. But I think we could step back and really leverage that and say, you know, you probably could be. You know, what could we do today? What could we do next week? Sure. What You know, and, and it, it prods us along rather than just sort of diminish that. Like, well, why don't you just be an accountant? Because then, <laughs> then you get health insurance and yeah. benefits, you know, why not that, <laughs> right? 
Yeah. And so I think there is a purpose in that of of recognizing those childhood dreams and seeing that they didn't have purpose long ago. Yeah. So here's the rumble that I come up against and I'm just going to be super raw and vulnerable in this episode just because this is how this is showing up for me and there's nobody else here to give their insight of how it's showing up for them. But for me, you know, in those childhood dreams, in all of those things, and as as I'm gaining that momentum, you know, with God by my side or whoever, if you're not religious, if it's the universe by your side or karma or whatever you want to call it. But like, as that's happening, there gets a point where it's like, oh, ugh, I need to stay a little bit small. Like mm-hmm. I need to stay in this box. I need to stay small. I need to think about other people. I need to, it's, there's this thing that happens in child. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. when the dreams and things just start to shift. And I know for me, at the core of that had to do with the self-love stuff, mm-hmm. like loving me, because I was raised within a Christian religion that has that scripture of like, love God first, and then love your neighbor as myself. Really quiet, <laughs> right? <laughs> and so like in my head, it was like, okay, I got to love God. like, And I mm-hmm. feel like I do that. Um, I go camping every year for girls camp just because I love Jesus. The <laughs> only reason I did no, it's awesome. Girls camp is amazing. Yeah. I felt like, okay, check on that. Love my neighbor. And then the other stuff, like I filled in every blank you can imagine. Yeah. Love thy neighbor instead of thyself. Love thy neighbor before thyself. Mm-hmm. Love thy neighbor, period. And then I just erase that other stuff. And so, because every time I show up in this space of like self-love and that that's okay, I can be a little bit bigger. I can be what God wants me to be or whatever. I come up against this. Oof, that's really prideful. That's really selfish. That's really not okay. And so this is my rump because I know, like I know, like I know that that self-love is crazy important. And even within the context of religion has some gospel stuff in there. But marrying my brain over to that, that has been wired, not just from my upbringing, but just always lived in Utah. That's always been my, my mission was in West Valley City, Utah and still (laughs) (laughs) it's like, I didn't, I didn't serve because when I prayed about it, God said, no, that's what I continue to come up against. And that's what I loved in our conversation is I'm like, yeah, but what about this? And what about this? And what about this? And the amazing, like it was magical. I'm sure that there were like glitter puffs of magic <laughs> coming from our conversation. It was awesome because for once, all the dots started to connect in how you explained, no, that's okay. In fact, it's expected. In fact, if you don't, it kind of offends yeah. God, all of that. So start to put up that framework yeah. of what that looks like and what that sounds like. Because you used a buzzword there as far as, as, far as pride goes. Because yeah. we, we grow up with these dreams and thoughts that we're going to be great. And then we enter the high school phase and then we sort of start hearing these messages of, well, who do you think you are? Or this isn't about you and you need to be more humble. I've legit, I don't know, embarrassingly, is that a word? I've used that phrase before, like Uh with myself and with other people even. Mm -hmm. Like this isn't about you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then even, you know, we, instead of the, uh, the parent, you know, encouraging the eight-year-old to be an astronaut, suddenly that eight-year-old's an 18-year-old and they just need to you know, you just need to go to college and get a good job. And could you yeah. put the astronaut dreams to the side because you need to get with the right life, right? So these messages keep coming back as far as like, well, who do you think you are? And you're being way too prideful because sometimes we realize when we want to hit our dreams, it feels like we have to step on some people or that we have to put people aside yeah. and just focus on ourselves and, and self-development. But that's that's not quote unquote Christ-like or right. there's a lot of pride there, right? right. And so t- to begin this journey, like 
one of my favorite scriptures in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship, mm. created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. And so to me, this is like a such a, a shift that if we look at ourselves not so much as I am just me, but I'm a creation of God. Mm. I'm uh, created by a divine being. And so if, of course he's expects divine action here or yeah. remarkable action. If he's remarkable, I need to be remarkable, right? Like and again, you're still wrestling with that. Yeah, but you know, let's not be get carried away and be, Don't get too, be remarkable. too prideful. Don't because get too, we sometimes link brilliant. humility yeah. with modesty. Oh. And that I think is absolutely uh, uh, false. Uh, mm. Where There's a great quote by Maya Angelou who said, um, whenever I'm around some who is modest, I think, run like hell and all of fire. You don't want modesty. You want humility. So we have to be clear that there's a clear difference between humility and modesty. What's the difference? What's that? The modesty, and this is something we see in our uh, Latter-day Saint culture all the time that, um, you know, individual, you know, obviously I I live in the world of leadership. And so I use this example, but sometimes somebody will come up and say, you know, you'd be a good bishop someday. I mean, you just seem capable and put together. And we feel like we have to respond like, Oh, gee, you know, not me. Oh, gee, Willikers, I'm just a mess. Yeah. You know, I don't know what to do. Like, I sin way too much to ever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and that's modesty where we're just sort of like shrinking in our ability. Oh, yeah. Where humility is much different, where there's a, you're not um, second guessing yourself, but you're recognizing the divine that is leading you. It's not about you. Yeah. It's about God. And a lot of people think that confidence and, and humility cannot coexist. But absolutely, they need to. Do we, because we need... They, they put that confidence with pride. If I'm confident, ooh, I'm going to go over right. to this pride spot versus the humility but spot. But when we put humility with confidence in our life, and then our actions multiply, our potential just exceeds more and more with yeah. that. Yeah, um, yeah. So it all starts with, um, when you think of this, remember that I, okay, Ephesians teaches us, I am God's workmanship. And so the first part that as I taught this in, a, in this family home meeting lesson, the first uh, focus I, I told them is we have to create vision. Or I'm sorry, we have to create purpose. Vision's the next mm-hmm. one. Purpose is the first step that in Moses 1, 6, I love these words that says, as he said to Moses, I have a work for thee. Like what if God literally has a work for us? And, he, yeah. and before this life, he said, I have a work for thee. Yeah. I mean, that changes all total the, the potential of this life. We're not just here to exist or to jump through the hoops and, and be a good boy, yeah. be a good girl. Like we, he has a work for us and it's our job that. to discover what that work is. And it's not, I have a work for y'all. Like right. I have a work for all of you and mm-hmm. them. It's like the very yeah. individual. I love it. And even to uh, magnify that thought, Sprint, uh, President Spencer W. Kimball said, before we came to earth, we were given certain assignment. And while we do not now remember the particulars, this does not alter the glorious reality of what we once agreed to. Mm. And man, you think about it, you sit with that statement a while and you think, man, like what, what am I missing? How am I not living up to my potential by being so modest or just thinking by, by shrinking and where we're at and just, uh, I'm just a cog in the wheel, you know, I'm just one of the hands of many hands that make light work, right? <laughs> <laughs> These are like all stitched onto pillows. Right, sitting exactly. in the living room. <laughs> But to yeah. sit with that and be like, wow, what if God actually had a greater purpose for me. Mm-hmm. And I need to maybe not necessarily discover that, but put it out there. Right. And yeah. that's exactly why that I share that example as a young boy, like 
the purpose for for me wasn't to become a, a Disney animator, but sure. I put that in the universe and and said, God, I am at least willing to find my purpose, yeah. and I think this is what it is, and I'm going to move towards that. And the more I aggressively moved towards that, the easier it was for him to direct me towards cool. his uh, goal and purpose. Yeah, right? I love that. And really, like if you think about it, and I've said this to myself over and over, when because small is awesome. I'm not going to lie. Like mm-hmm. it's comfortable and it's predictable. And so as I've tried to get myself out of that space, mm-hmm. like I ask myself over and over, who am I benefiting by staying small? Am I benefiting father, which is what I call God, right? Am I benefiting him or am I benefiting scratch? That's my name for Satan. And at the end of the day, like he's who benefits by that yeah. small. Right. And yeah. we've had long conversations about, you know, the damage that shame does in our life. And the more that he can keep shame in our thought process, the, yeah. the smaller we come. And again, yeah. this isn't about like being like the CEO of a multi-international company and, and being a bazillionaire right. and having influence writing books and being a motivational speaker. Sure. But just to reflect back and say, okay, maybe my purpose isn't to be a mom that just wipes a snotty noses. Okay. Maybe yeah. that's part of it. But sometimes we just say, well, I'm just supposed to be a mom. Yeah. Here I am being a mom. Breaks my heart when it's like, right. so what is it that you do? Oh, I'm just a mom. I'm like, right. oh, I had, yeah. I've even had folks that have gotten jobs that are, I, I don't know, I call them like camouflage jobs mm-hmm. that just so they can simply say something other than I'm yeah. just a mom. Right. But it's such a big, such and, a big And again, thing. I mean, what a remarkable uh, thing to be as a mother. And it's yeah. great. But to step back and ask yourself, what seems impossible to you as a mother being a mom? Yeah. And to sit with that question, like what would seem absolutely like impossible? And it goes to another quote from Mark Batterson. If you haven't read his book, Circle Maker, it, it's a must read. I, I visit at least once a year. I'm like playing catch up because every time I listen to your podcast, there's a new book <laughs> that you talk about. And I'm like, oh, I've got to get it. And I have I'm I'm not like four or five. They're stacking up on your nightstand. <laughs> they are. Well, but anyway. this, this is so good. Mark Batterson, he's a Christian pastor, wrote this book called Circle Maker. It'll change the way you pray forever. But this quote, he shared that God isn't offended by your biggest dreams or boldest prayers. He's offended by anything less. If your prayers aren't impossible to you, they are insulting to God. Like, right? can you hear like how mind-blowing that is? Yeah. That's awesome. It makes me pause. Like as I sit down and or I kneel down and pray at night, I'm just like, you know, oh, bless my family will be safe. And and again, I don't mean to like uh, be trite about these things. Poop, poop I mean, that. Yeah, but we sometimes we- can say we, poop on this okay. podcast because we talk about <laughs> poop and boogers and all. All right. <laughs> But because but we sort of have these cliches or these statements that we say. But what if we step back and said, what what would be impossible? What would seem impossible as mm. a parent or as a mother or as a father or as a person in your community? Like, um, what have you stopped praying for because it seems impossible? And you kind of almost feel like oh, I shouldn't pray for that because yeah. you know. But that's how we magnify the glory of God is when we pray for the impossible. And we, yeah. when we don't pray for the impossible, it's insulting to God in some way. Yeah. And I, I know there's some hyperbole in that, but sure. the way that Mark says, I think is just in one statement really uh, brings that home. It's powerful. And I think that like for me, I, I show up in that space of what do I think that I have to give up because I'm a mom? Like, what do I think that has to take the back burner? What can I, it's that whole idea of, oh my goodness, I cannot wait until all the kids are in school because then I can blah, 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 blah. Yeah. When I consider the impossible, it's what am I putting on the back burner to have this other piece fill up? Nope. It's my job as the wife, as the mother, as the mom to support. So 
what am I putting on the side there so that I can show up to support and to, you know, whatever. That's how it shows up yeah. for me. Like that's how it sounds yeah. for me. And we get it. I mean, real life is real life and there's yeah. going to be things you have to put on the back burner. But again, these are things that doesn't mean you have to stop praying about it or stop asking God, like open a door tomorrow for me to do something to move me towards this, this goal. Because And again, going back to our overall theme as far as like self-love, like you can give, 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 give as a parent all day and you've never thought about, well, what about me? And it's always, when you do think about yourself, it's always like, well, maybe someday once these Mm -hmm. kids got off to school, right? But but again, it goes back to that you are God's workmanship. Like you are meant to be do remarkable things and it could be remarkable things in the life of your child, whatever, but we need to sit with these questions and ponder over them and and challenge God to open our mind to a a greater destiny that maybe we haven't considered because it seems impossible. I love that. And I would lose my ever living lid if I sat down and was having a conversation with one of my girls or even boy, as they got older, I sat down and they were like, yeah, like that would be great for me. But really, it's really important for so-and-so to do this and this. And so I'm just going to step back. So so so-and-so, I would be like, you're freaking kidding me. Like you're amazing. Step up and you do you like be big and that's totally fine. But then I, I do that myself. Right. Exactly. We do it on a a bigger (laughs) scale. Yeah. So that's purpose. And that's the importance of purpose Mm, of just really sitting back and saying, you know, what, what is my purpose here? And I get it. Like maybe it is, well, just to be a mom and that's fine. Like there's, there's beauty in that, but what seems impossible to you that if yeah. that you would love to pick as your purpose and you'll be shocked yeah. how much God will say, yeah, I've been wanting you to ask for that for so yeah. long. The next thing yeah. comes to uh, is vision. And uh, vision is a huge thing in my life. I teach a, a leadership course at LDS Business College, and we've spent several days on this concept that we can't move forward with the, this semester until we get the vision right. Uh, you know, in, in Proverbs, those without vision will perish. Or, uh, oh, yeah. I, know. I heard that scripture at and I'm like, that's not in the scriptures. It's Kurt scripture. made that up because I was at a conference. And I went home. I'm like, oh, it is here. Yeah. It's Proverbs. the word. It's there. <laughs> but there's other scripture in Numbers chapter one, verse six. that says, I, the Lord, will make myself known un- unto him in a vision. And to me, I liked it, like to mm. like, I don't know if this is legal, if I can move these words around. But when I read that and I've pondered over it, this is kind of the, the reminder the spirit gave me that a vision will make God known to you. Like if you create a vision, that's where you'll find God. Yeah. And if you don't create a vision, you know, again, I'm being a little hyperbole here that, you know, God won't be making himself manifest until you give him a bold vision to manifest himself in. And so circling back to, again, becoming an animator, I found God by stating that vision. And then Mm -hmm. he showed me the rest of the way and put me on the right course. You had to even enter a space of having that vision there. It kind of set the stage for him to do what he needed to do. Absolutely. Here's a U.S. history quiz for you. So do you know... I homeschool my kids. This is going to make you so scared. You're like, Becky, reconsider (laughs) homeschooling your children. Okay, I'm ready. So President John F. Kennedy. I mean, okay. (laughs) What's one of his famous speeches that come to mind? Um, Didn't he talk about... Uh, ask not what you can do uh-huh. for Ask your not country. what your country can do yeah. for you. Ask what you can, you can do, do for your country. country. Yeah, gave and, it a University of Michigan. Yeah. Did he also talk about repairing your roof or something like that? Did he have one about that? I don't know. <laughs> repairing like repair your, your roof when it's not raining or something. <laughs> okay. Fancier All right. Than that. And maybe when I was familiar. But on September 12th <laughs> um, at Rice University, he gave another famous speech. That okay. speech was at the University of Michigan. Uh, but this one was at Rice University on September 12th. He talked about going to the moon. moon. Yes, okay. absolutely. So he, he said, uh, the U.S. should commit itself to achieving the goal before this decade is out of landing a man on the moon. 
and returning him safely to the earth. Which now, I'm sure when he said that was like impossible. Yeah, like, 1962, like, that was yeah, like, no. and the other thing I noticed that about 60% of the country completely disagreed with him that this is oh, what the country should do, right? Pretty, yeah, but it was a bold statement. He put out a yeah. vision there yeah. that uh, later came to be by the end of, unfortunately, he wasn't around to uh, to see that. But by the end of the decade, they did put a man on the moon. I also share the example of, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Jimmer Ferdet, the famous uh, BYU basketball player who mm-hmm. now uh, plays in China, but he put a vision on his above his bed as a young man that he he committed to playing someday in the NBA, which he's done and now That's plays awesome. in in China, right? Yeah. And then I also reference uh, the title Liberty, Captain Moroni. Like if you read Alma forty two and the way that, or no, Alma forty six and forty three, like the way that he leveraged the the title Liberty when his armies wanted to shriek and f- shrink and flee mm-hmm. because of the battle, he pointed them to the title Liberty and reminded them of the vision. So the vision is is uh, so powerful. As you read through that story, the fire that that lit, that's scary. The things that he was asking those people to do, those men to do, it's scary stuff. Yeah. But having that vision and all being unified in that just... Whew. Yeah. It roots them back to their purpose. Yeah. And uh, gives them the the ability to do So things. purpose and vision are different, separate spaces. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there, there's a lot of overlap there, but yeah. I see them as um, I like it. you discover your purpose, then you can you can set a, a vision. And again, going back to, you know, reaching for the impossible, I know this sort of can feel like uh, uh, like the motivational speaker or talk, hocus but po- yeah, hocus Hi- pocus. Hippie type talk stuff. is hippie what talk. I call it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, But a great quote by Michelangelo says, the greater danger for most of us lies not in setting our aim too high and falling short, but in setting our aim too low and achieving our mark. And this is, I think, just mm. human nature that we want to accomplish our goals. So we don't we don't stretch ourselves or we don't aim for what seems impossible. But it is we need to get used to the action of failing and falling short, but yeah. it's much further than we than where we would have settled with our goal. That's right? awesome. I like that. Another scripture I found uh, as I studied this topic is Doctrine and Covenants section eleven, verse eight. If you desire, ye shall be the means of doing much good. In this generation, like these are just scriptures that I these turn aren't even to. like. I mean, I just must not read. <laughs> <laughs> They're in there. I'm not making this stuff up, Becky. He's like, and then I wrote this. <laughs> That's no, awesome. they're in there. So, um, but these are just scriptures. Like, it just reminds you, like, oh yeah, I am God's workmanship. Like, yeah. I am meant for a great work, and He He created me for a purpose, and He sent me here for a purpose. Like, and it's just these are just motivating scriptures, but yeah. also root us to who we are. That we have God's DNA in, inside of us, and this is where I usually, as I taught this lesson, I said, well. At this point, you're saying, okay, so we walk around and like we flex our muscle and say, I'm a child of God. Like, yeah. look how powerful I am. Nothing can stop me. Right. And, yeah. and it can sort of enter into this realm of, okay, you're being a little bit too prideful. Like where's, mm-hmm. where's the room for the humility? Sure. But the, the purpose here is that sometimes, again, that dichotomy between humility and modesty, that we don't want to uh, slide in that modesty realm. We want to stay humble, but we also want to, uh, not necessarily create pride, but create glory, but not mm. for ourselves, but for God. Like that mm. we want to point our glory, what we do back to God. And this yeah. is possible because again, we're not doing these great things. We're not aiming for the impossible because we're so great. We're yeah. doing these things because the person who made us is so great. I love that. Right. And so in Matthew chapter five, verse 16, it says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father, which is in mm. heaven. So, you know, the, the Mormon helping hands, yellow vests, and um, a lot of people, you know, when a natural disaster hits, and yeah. 
the Mormons are let out and they're out there uh, cleaning up <laughs> things and, and wearing these t-shirts, you know, sure. the, the yellow shirts. A lot of people say, well, you know, should we really talk about how great we are or promote that? Hey, don't forget that the Church of Jesus Christ is doing this work. Like, remember to mention us on TV. Like, again, that's the purpose is not to puff ourselves up, but to remind them that we're doing this because we're children of God. He's so great. That's why we're doing this. Not because yeah. we're so great. And we're commanded in the scriptures. You need to let your light so shine before men. You are need you need your light to shine. Don't yeah. don't hide it or act like you didn't do it or say, oh, you know, anybody would do this. Like, no, I did this because God encouraged me to do that. He created me yeah. to be a servant among men. And so let the glory go to him, not me. And that's a space I can be comfortable in. Mm-hmm. That's definitely something that sounds like truth and could be doable. Yeah. And, for me. and so anytime that pride monster sort of nagging on you like, oh, I'm being too prideful. I need to be a little more modest. Mm-hmm. Remember, just remind yourself that, again, it's not about me being prideful. It's about yeah. me pointing that glory to God. That he created me. That's why I'm doing this. That's why I'm meant to do great things. Here's another scripture you won't believe is in the scriptures. Uh, <laughs> You're like First Nephi chapter one, verse one. This is in fifth Nephi. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's in Isaiah chapter 60, verse 21. It says, thy people also shall be all righteous. They shall in- inherit the land forever, the branch of my planting, the work of my hands, that I may be glorified. Mm. Like that's the, just, you are my planting. Yeah. You are my hands. And that's why it's my glory, right? And so we've got to love ourselves enough to act beyond our capacity and to reach for that, not so that, that we can just be modest, right? And then the last scripture that really nails us home is Psalm 100, verse three. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Mm, anyway, good so stuff. good stuff. As as I'm living my life, as I'm, you know, as I'm setting goals, as I'm trying to do things that at the end of the day, sometimes I'm like, I've developed an audience and I have people come to me there or there's they treat me like a celebrity, like, yeah. oh, like I listen to you all the time and like I can't believe I'm I'm talking to you because I'm so familiar <laughs> with your voice or whatever. And I just thank him and say, well, I'm just so grateful you listen. And in my mind, I'm, I'm just pointing the glory to God and thinking, well, they're excited. They're energetic. They're excited to meet me because I'm God's creation. I am yeah. his workmanship. I like it. And I will continue to be his workmanship and do what seems impossible. Yeah. As you're talking about this, I wonder about when we do shrink, when we are in that modest space, we're really taking away an opportunity to glorify him. Mm-hmm. Like that, that completely wipes that out, which yeah. isn't great. Yeah. When we, when we don't love ourselves, we're loving him less. When we're trying to blow out Mm -hmm. our candle, we're blowing out his candle because he made us. That's what he made us to do. If he made us to do something else, we would not have this desire within us to be greater and be, and do more. I love that. That's good stuff. Yeah. There it is. That's all I got. There, the end. No, (laughs) anything that you would add. So let's maybe talk. I don't know if you've got these. We'll see. Uh, Let's talk about some house, like how Mm -hmm. to make this, how to Put that into play, not only for ourselves, obviously, yes, for ourselves first, also for our families, our kids, our spouses, mm-hmm. what, whatever. How do we start to apply this stuff? Like it feels true. Yeah. It feels like, yes, that that's it. Yeah. I have a very basic one that anybody can start doing tonight. So I have a, um, a notebook I carry around with me all the time and you can do this any, you know, in whatever notebook you want or any way you want. But you know, we're, I like the idea of journaling, but uh, mm. it's sort of like, I don't have like 45 minutes to sit down and write out yeah. my, my deepest, darkest feelings and, and thoughts and <laughs> everything that's, that's happening. Right. Dear diary. So this is what I do every <laughs> night. I sit down and 
I, I write three things. I write highlights, I write gratitude, and I write glory to gods, as I call them. So wow. the first one, I do highlights. And I just think, what are at least three highlights that happened today? You know, I, I, um, like it. I went to uh, Arizona, went on a hike with my wife, whatever it is. Uh, and yeah. they, they don't have to be grandiose or like remarkable. It's just something where I want to be able to read later on and be like, oh, yeah, that's when that happened. Or, oh, or cool, just yeah. it triggers something in my mind. So I do at least three highlights. Okay. And then uh, do three, three items of gratitude. Right. And, mm. and you probably are aware of the incredible research about gratitude yeah. and and by being intentional with gratitude, it does remarkable things. So I just write at least three things related to gratitude that I do. Do you add for. meat to them? Like more than like, mm-hmm. I'm grateful for my house. Do you add meat? Like, I'm grateful They're for my house today because it's snowy. Yeah. It's and just I'm three grateful. sentences. And, okay. and I st- try and stay away from the, I'm grateful for electricity or yeah. <laughs> I'm grateful that there's oxygen. Hey, in some the days. World, right? It's all you can right? do is be grateful for and electricity. Maybe that's the time, right. <laughs> but usually it's like, man, I'm just grateful for that moment I had with my, wife as we were driving down the street and she said that thing to me. I'm just really grateful for that moment or yeah. whatever it is, right? So they can be big or small or whatever. And then the third thing is my glory to God's. And I write down three things. These are um, these are almost prayers of saying, this. if this happened, there'd be no doubt in my mind that this was God's work and it would bring him glory. So it could be I'm going to solve world hunger tomorrow or something. I mean, it doesn't have to be too pie in the sky, but just something to be like, Okay, I want to do at least one thing tomorrow, but what if I did 15 th- of these things tomorrow? So these are like impossibles? Yeah, these these yeah. are going to seem impossible. So this ec- okay. exercise forces me to, uh, you know, Stretch to pray yourself. for the impossible. I like it. So I'm not offending God by not praying for the possible, right? Yeah. And the reason I started doing this was, I don't know about you, but you mentioned you've done an episode about your ADD, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I deal with some of the same things. Yeah. and. When I kneel down to pray sometimes, I want to be like, very I haven't sincere. diagnosed you. I know that you're looking at my sweatshirt right now. My sweatshirt <laughs> you've endearingly had. says, keep talking. I'm diagnosing you. <laughs> I know for you, but you've had decades to diagnose yeah. me. Right? So I'm not worried about that. But, um, but anyways, I would kneel down to pray and, you know, my mind wanders. And then I'm just like beating myself up. Like, I can't oh, believe yeah. I'm thinking about that cookie recipe that I ate at lunch today when I'm supposed to be praying to the <laughs> almighty God of the universe. <laughs> right? Squirrel, like, like rabbit hole. Shame, shame, <laughs> yeah. shame, shame, yeah. right? And so to me, I'd be more intentional by writing these things down. So I write, mm. I do that exercise of those three things. So glory to gods are not, I'm so thankful for Mm-mm. glory be things are like, above. Cause that can be gratitude. Glory to God are like, this is some impossible stuff that yeah. I'm laying down right here. Right. I, I write it. like, I want to interview an apostle on my podcast. Wow. I want to uh, have 20,000 email subscribers on my email list. I want to have like just things that sometimes they can sound like goals, but they're just like, and they don't have to, doesn't have to be in the context of happening in the next day. But I just like tell God, like, this is what impossible sounds like to me. And it's sort of like has the affirmation effect that you put that in your brain and and your brain just sort of gnaws on it, works on it, along with Mm. the the glory of God, you know, making things move into motion that, you know, and that physical movement of writing it down like this all works together that they manifest are these different every day or Mm -hmm. do you build upon like monday you wrote down i want to get twenty thousand emails and Mm -hmm. then tuesday you're like yeah that would be great i'm gonna add to that or or are they completely different but can they show up again i guess yeah i guess i mean there's really no rules to this but for me it's uh sometimes you know i in uh in november i had a goal that i was really pushing towards every day so i that was one of my glory to god's every, every day, day that i wrote yeah. down right yeah and then i go after i've done that i go kneel down and i force myself to say a very concise short prayer to sort of sanctify what i've written because i spent time there that i sort mm-hmm. of t- count that as my prayer time sure. and then i kneel down and uh 
sort of sanctify it and uh, wow. send it off to the heavens. So be it, right? It's awesome. And this activity just really helps me focus on on shooting for the impossible and reminding myself that I'm God's workmanship sort of generates that self-love again and again, that this is a way that I begin to, to love myself is yeah. by, by writing these things down, articulating them into the universe, and then taking on the next day ready to uh, see these things manifested. I love that. I love it. Super easy, super practical, yeah. something that you can just kind of wrap your heads around. Thoughts about how you start to introduce this into your kiddo's world? That's where I talk to you, Becky. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm letting the the curtain Becky humor creep into this very professional <laughs> podcast, which I shouldn't do. But professional, um, that's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> as far as my kids, like I just am constantly reminding myself. One, like I try and obviously the removal of self love can begin at a very young age, as you yeah. know, and it begins with that the introduction of shame, right? And I'm so sure. one thing I've just try and do is I try and catch myself when I'm unintentionally introducing shame into their life. Tossing them onto the shame uh, train. Sure. Right. If I'm uh, overreacting just so mm-hmm. that they they see the fear of God in my eyes and yeah. therefore they think, wow, like I'm never, you know, they're, they're responding out of fear or something. Mm-hmm. Sure. So the main thing I focus on, especially my oldest is, is six. And uh, so a lot of these ideas are a bit too out there for them to, to comprehend at this point. But I'm just sort of trying to create a scenario where they are, they don't feel that shame and I'm not introducing shame accidentally through my parenting styles and then just encouraging them and and everything they do, you know, every time they do bring up the, uh, the other day, every, uh, a few weeks ago, a few months ago, maybe every said, dad, I want a horse. And I'm thinking, I don't want a horse. Like, (laughs) do you know how expensive horses are? Do you know know how much land we need? And so I just say, wow, you know what? You should figure out how to do that. It'd be great to have a horse. I don't want a horse, but you know, it's just, (laughs) but that's that's good because that doesn't have to be your vision. That can be her. That can be hers. Right. Maybe someday she'll have a horse. It just won't be in my backyard. Yeah. That's be great. Right. So just like stimulating that. Wow. Like think about that. If you're like, what would you, what, what would you need to do? Should we go talk to a horse trainer? See what it is. Right. And, and though it seems like silly as my, uh, I want to be an animator seems silly to God back then, Mm -hmm. but he used that to, wow, this, this individual, my child is figuring out how to set a purpose and a vision in their life. I should foster that. That's awesome. That's awesome. As we wrap up and finish up with this lovely adventure that you guys have gotten to be on with us today, (laughs) thoughts, phrases, words that someone can put in place of, oh, well, I know I'm supposed to have self-love or I know I'm supposed to love me or there, it really is that part in the scripture as thyself thoughts of how that can be reworded. So as I've been going down my own journey of this, I think of that scripture and I don't even know where it is, to be honest, but like, <laughs> I think of that scripture of, you know, love thy neighbor as thyself. And for me, that infers that loving yourself comes yeah. first. I love that those dots have connected with, well, love God is the first commandment. And by loving him, mm-hmm. you're loving you and vice versa. Right. I anticipate those gremlins creeping in, in the darks of the night or broad daylight. Uh-huh that try to combat everything that we've talked about. So I'll just have to listen to this over and over and over. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thoughts about like words or a phrase or something that can be said that can kind of kick that other yeah. thought to the curb. Well, not to keep it too simple, but obviously sometimes it's like we need to remind ourselves to love ourselves like we love our neighbors because sometimes yeah. we always want to be the one that's giving service, but mm. it always feels uncomfortable receiving the service, right? And so sure. when somebody's sick or whatever, um, you know, we, we step up and we can't wait to, to take them dinner or yeah. to do something for them. But 
Um, and we're all saying yes, yes, yes to everybody else. And we rarely say no, no, no to everybody else, but we're always telling ourselves no, 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 no yeah. right? And to just remember that I'm God's workmanship and that's going to require me to say yes to myself a lot mm. more. And, yeah. uh, and so I'm going to do that. So love, like that. love yourself like you love your neighbors. Yeah. And I've talked a ton about self-compassion and as people have asked, how do I do self-compassion? Like you, you talk about it. How do I actually do that? I match that up with, Well, if a neighbor called you and said that the same thing that happened to you happened to her, this and this and this happened, you wouldn't say to her, yep, tough tic tacs, buck up, move on like you do yourself. Uh So what would you say to her? You'd be empathetic towards her. And then you might say to her, can I bring you dinner or let me take your kids or whatever. And so makes sense that you should show up that way for yourself. Yes, that involves you having to have that empathy for yourself or you making that phone call and saying, look, I need to unload my kids for just a couple of hours or or whatever. But how I've phrased it is how would you what would you say to your closest friend? What would you do for your closest friend? And then that's what you say and do. So it makes sense that that would be. And I like that idea of giving yourself empathy. And I'm I'm finding myself do that because kind of get those. Those voices, you know, reminding you of the that shame voices, right? right? <laughs> or multiple personalities. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I need medication. I admit it. But, yeah. um, but just like I found myself taking a moment being like, you know, it's okay that you didn't hit the impossible today, but at least yeah. you aimed for it. And yeah. that's the type of person that you want to be is the person that's aiming for it. It's not because you're hitting it every day. Right. Right. And it seems like, well, yeah, but I didn't even hit the possible. Well, that's okay too. <laughs> but you still aim for the impossible, even though sure. you didn't even hit the possible. That's okay. Yeah. Write down your glory gods and move on to the next one. Yeah, I love it. And for me, we both know Jason Butler well, uh-huh. right? And a little like gem he has given me over time is this idea of looking at things as information. Like that's informational. Okay. How is that helpful? How was that not? What worked for me? What didn't? Yeah. When those impossibles aren't hit versus, oh, I'm such a failure. How could I? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff. Well, I think that's it. Anything else? That's it. Any other parts that we need to, no, buttons I've, we need to push? I've already anything? made up enough scriptures in this interview, Great. but uh, <laughs> no, they're I'm all in there. I'm not Lightning they're has all a in there. <laughs> Lightning couldn't get through our aversion. You can right look now. them up. They're There's all no there. So. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, that's awesome. Thank you yeah. for doing this. We should do this again. Sure. On my yeah, podcast. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I would be happy to invite you back here for sure. (laughs) No, I'd be happy to. Whatever. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. I'm trying to think of the thing that I say to sign off. Uh, Enjoy your week. Embrace your human one step at a time. And I think brave the battle, all of that. Just have a good week. The end. Touch base with me once a week. Go to beckyhennessy.com. That's B-E-C-K-I-E-H-E-N-N-E-S-S-Y.com. And subscribe to my weekly rest stops. If you already do get my rest stops, thank you so much. Pass the word on. Bye.